Plus members, it's Chris Versace here, and once again, I'm joined by Bob Lang as we conduct this week's AAP podcast. Bob, it is uh, September 26th, Monday. We're kicking off the week, coming out of the Fed. Big meeting last week, 75 basis points. Market reacting not only to that, but to the uh, pretty much the decision that we've been talking about, that the Fed is going to go bigger for longer. Uh, and I think we can all kind of surmise that based on not only Fed Chair Powell's comments last week, but that updated economic forecast as well. Uh, coming into the week, Bob, uh, oscillators were oversold. You talked about this a little bit on the daily rundown, but really let, let's kind of flesh this out because you said something to me that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, even though we, we've got you know a number of different concerns and we're, we're obviously on the prudent, the cautious path with the AAP portfolio, you said, hey, you know, markets oversold could see a bounce, but this is not the bounce you're looking for, is it? No, it's not. But, um, you know, Chris, first things first, I, I have to stop for a minute and I got to um, wish you, my friend, a very, very happy birthday. Oh, and, uh, I, I why well, are you wishing me happy? I'm only 35, Bob. Thanks. No, I thought, well, you're 39, like Jack, uh, like Jack Benny always used to say, <laughs> nine years old all over again. So wishing you a very happy birthday. And uh, I appreciate um, that. Thank you very much. And and for those who might be thinking I really am 35 or 39, sadly, no. Uh, if you watch the rundown, you you can see the, the, the growing amounts of gray hair. And if you catch it really carefully in the back, you can see that spot's getting even a little bigger. So uh, the, what is the that positive... I, I have no idea. But, is that but, a bird's but, nest but, back there or what? what it, is could, it could be. It could be. <laughs> but 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 the positive thing for members is, is that's experience and wisdom. So hopefully we can continue to do what we're doing and steer the portfolio, uh, you know, uh, very well in a very, very challenging market. So so, Bob, with that, let's let, let's get back on path. You, you had said that yep. we might be seeing um, a potential rally in the markets, but um, that's obviously because of the oscillators. I, I've been reading uh, quite a bit that we've seen investors cycling into cash. I think there's some reports out there that traders have something like $5 trillion in cash on the sidelines. Why, why is this not the buying opportunity from a technical perspective? Right. So, you know, what we've been, as we've been talking about recently, about the levels that we have to pay attention to, um, the, these, these, these levels often get um, re retested or challenged again. And you know we, we remember that um, if we go back to June, Chris, we remember that the the markets took a huge tumble in the first mm -hmm. seven or eight trading days of June. I mean, they they went down about close to 600 points in that short period of time, and and we and we got a nice nice bounce back um, to the 200-day moving average, and mm -hmm. it was about six seven hundred points, and 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 we've come back down again, and. This is what happens in a bear market. You you have to understand that uh, levels are very important. And uh, from what I from what I heard back in July, Chris was that that's it. The June lows are in. We heard right. it from very few, many people. You know, right, right. People, but 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 you also said yeah. last week on this very podcast, you explained how critical it was that we retest those June lows. That's right. And it's not only important that we retested those June lows. But see if we get to pick up some buyers down there because that that's going to be an area of testing. So when we get back down to those June lows, which we were, which we nearly hit today, and we nearly hit on uh, Friday, um, what we need to see is 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 where the buyers and sellers are 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 sitting at. Are we are we going to come down and break those lows? Um, we are very oversold on on several metrics, and I mentioned that today on the rundown. 
oscillators right. are not just the only one. You know, put call ratio is extremely high. We've seen the volatility index climbing above 30 again. Um, we, we spent several days in a row um, above 30 on the volatility index uh, back in June, and it just seemed like there was no relief whatsoever. But so, you know, once we come back down to these levels and we can make an assessment and see what's happening, um, then, then we can figure out whether that level is good or whether we're going to take another leg down. So when I hear you saying, you know, looking for buyers, does it mean that you'll be paying extra careful attention to volume trends in the next couple of days? Yes, and, and volume trends are extremely important. You, you hit on a really important point there. And the volume trends are extremely important to see, you know, where if the buyers are coming in, where it's going to show up in the in those volume in the volume readings. You know, what uh, volume is like a polygraph. You can't lie through, um, you know, if you're putting money up there and you see volume uh, levels starting to rise and prices are starting to go up, well, that tells you something. It tells you that people are coming in, big money's coming in to buy. But at on the same on the flip side, if you see big volume and prices are starting to come down. Well, you know, that's, that's distribution, which is basically institutional selling coming in in a big way. Okay, okay. And we've been seeing that of late, haven't we? Oh yeah, it's been, it's actually, it's big, we've been seeing institutional selling happen practically all year long and it started really picking up once the S&P 500 broke that 200 day moving average back in January. Okay. Okay. Because I, I know last week we were there were some stats out there. I think we shared them with members that over thirty billion dollars went into cash, and I think something like somewhere between a little over seven, maybe seven and a half billion came out of stock funds. It, it's another signal that a lot of investors are increasingly uneasy, concerned, um, and that helps explain the amount of cash that's sitting on the sidelines. But I, I think you want to say something about this, Bob. Yeah, so you know, I, I made a I made a comment in the rundown today, Chris, about sentiment and and what is sentiment like in a bull market versus sentiment in a bear market. And of course, we've been in a bear market for a while, and sentiment indicators don't seem to to react this and respond the same way. In other words, uh, in a bull market as they do in a bear. Why is that? It's because in a bull market, when you get um, you know oversold and you get people leaning too hard on one side or the other. You tend to get the bull, the the buy the dip crowd starting to come in and say, okay, look, this is a stocks are at a bargain right now. Um, we're still in an uptrend. I'm gonna st I'm gonna pick up the pieces. People um, prematurely sold their stocks, and I'm gonna come in there and and, and pick those up. Now, um, conversely, in a bear market, that doesn't seem to be the same uh, reaction or response. But but what we do get, we do get vicious bear market rallies that stop at a certain certain point. So. When we get lower highs, lower lows in the chart, we can certainly um, diagnose the market as, um, as 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 bearish if we get up to these levels and come back, come right back down. So I think that um, the 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 notion that so much cash is sitting on the sideline, there's a reason for that because right, big, exactly. investors are saying, hey, listen, listen, you know what? I'm done losing money. The S&P is down 21% for this year. The Nasdaq's down 31%. I'm done losing money. It's not that people are, are are taking the exit and saying, look, I'm, I'm bailing because um, I can't stand the pain anymore. They're bailing because they realize that more pain is coming. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Powell right. even said that last week. You know, I mean, I mean, yeah, who, well. you know, I, I, at some point, you well, got to the man who's doing, who's do, who's uh, the, listen to the man behind the wizard behind the curtain, right? <laughs> I don't know that he's behind the curtain, but, but you know, I, I think your point is well taken, right? So when we look at, 
you know, everything that we're hearing on the inflation front, prices that consumers are paying, you know, how far the 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 disposable dollar is going, where the dollar has gone and the headwinds, you know, that it is presenting, slowing enterprise spending, weakness in, in certain markets like like PCs and, and certain other areas. Even though the home building markets rolled over, you have to ask where's where's the demand as mortgage rates continue to creep higher and are poised to continue to creep higher. So I think you're right. My 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 sense is that people are kind of warming up a little bit to something that we've been talking about for a little bit, which is earnings expectations have to come down in this September quarter earnings season. I mean, it is, you know, I can't use that type of language on the podcast, but it's going to be that kind of show. Yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be horrible. And, you know, uh, Friday being, of course, the last uh, day of the month, last day of the September. quarter, mm -hmm. I, I would, I would not be shocked, Chris, next two and a half, three weeks before the big earnings season comes in. I think the second week is when all the Big banks start coming around in. the. They're I think around the fourth. I think they really they start around the fourteenth, fifteenth. That's that's fourteen. So about next two and a half weeks, Chris, I would not be surprised to see companies come out and say, "Listen, you know what? Um, I don't have much visibility. Um, the inflation, the prices are, are are getting a little bit too much. The supply chain issues, all the same things that FedEx said two weeks ago. Right. Um, and well, you know, he, I think they opened the door to all these companies to to warn. So with that, it was right around in late June uh, when Microsoft warned, uh, Salesforce talked about the dollar, and that was then, and it's only the dollar's only continued to appreciate since then, intensifying those headwinds. So I, I, I would be surprised if we don't hear companies come out saying things like exactly what you're kind of pointing to. So it's just an interesting point about the about the Fed, inflation, and so forth. So we're seeing a very real, um, in real time, the damage of inflation that can do to the currency. So we, we've talked endlessly about the extreme inflation numbers in Germany, in Europe, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 30, 40%. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what has it done to the euro? It has destroyed the euro. This is what's going to happen if the Fed is not proactive, even more proactive than they are now. This is what's going to happen to the dollar. Um, versus other currencies. Now the dollar. Why is the dollar rising? It's the best. Um, it's the best house in a bad neighborhood right now. People want to be in dollar dollar denominated assets because everything else across the world is trashed. Well, think think of what happened with the pound overnight. Right. So 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 the Bank of England is you know raising rates. We know that, but they came out late last week saying, hey, we've got some stimulative measures and we're going to cut taxes to try and stimulate the economy. All of a sudden, you know, people are concerned about that. And I, I believe that there's not one, but I think there's two looming deficit challenges that they have as well. So how do you wrap your head around that? You know, it's it's not easy. So I, I think it's things like that, um, as well as we could probably point to some of the things that are happening in the Eurozone, Italy too, with its own recent election, that there should be, should, could, excuse me, could be some concerns there, depending on what they put forth on the policy front to shore up their own economy. So it's other reasons to think uh, about the dollar, and and also too, there's some renewed concern about China, given you know renewed saber rattling over in Taiwan. Again, uncertainty. Let's go to the you know let's go to the dollar. That's right, and and that uncertainty is going to create a lot of doubt in people who are playing in the markets. When then volatility starts to rise, people want to buy protection. It becomes a a negative vortex um, in in markets. And like I said, I'm 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 certainly glad as you are that we have a lot of cash. We have a lot of uh, we have a couple of defensive positions, and you know uh, you know far from perfect, of course. But I'm glad we have what we have 
um, in in the portfolio, and we're doing you know we're doing the best we can to try and navigate through a very difficult environment. I, I think that's right. I mean, it's you know if we were to look back and and do a you know year in review, I would say that um, we like a lot of other people were kind of caught off guard by the Russia-Ukraine war and the impact that it had. I, you know, if you remember back in February, early February, there was a lot of uncertainty as, you know, what had happened, what did not happen. Obviously, it's it's gone on longer than expected. Um, you know, some of the issues in China with their zero uh, tolerance policy, you know, we a lot of people thought that going into the spring, we would have, you know, supply chain issues would be would start to really improve. And we've had a couple further hiccups. We've had port issues. We've had trucker strikes. We've had potential rail strikes. There's a lot that has happened. And I, I think even like we're seeing with the dollar strength and even the Fed, which is coming on even stronger, you know, we have had to evolve what we're thinking, how we're thinking about the portfolio and where we want to be in the portfolio. So it's this is not as as some people like to think crockpot investing, right? This is not active investing. I'm sorry, this is active investing. We're not trading. We're we're in that happy medium where we're constantly revisiting the data, revisiting the technicals, revisiting the companies, the outlook. Where are they strong? You know, what are the tailwinds? What are the headwinds? So I, you know, I, I think that we're going to continue to evolve the portfolio over time. I don't think there's going to be anything dramatic. You know, like. Today, for example, on, on Monday, September 26th, as you pointed out, my birthday, you gave me a birthday present by uh, saying, hey, we should think about e- exiting Nucor. We talked about this over the last couple of days, and we did, but we moved into a company that is far more defensive, far more inelastic in terms of demand, has pricing power, has a history of raising its dividend, and I, I think we both feel good about that move into PepsiCo. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, going back to something you just mentioned a moment ago, Chris, about um, uh, going uh, back earlier this year, um, with not under, not knowing all the all the uncertainties that were going to happen, like the Ukraine Russia war, that sort of thing. You know, if you recall, what was one of my um, plays of the year that I thought was going to be the best name was Airbnb. And mm-hmm. you know, ha- um, and, and and I, you know, all things being equal, Chris, if if, if none of those things happened, I think Airbnb probably would have had a, a, a stellar, outstanding year and still be doing well today. But I, I mean, I couldn't have handicapped all those things that were happening, all those impediments to their business. You know, the strong dollar is a, is is a headwind for them, and and the pandemic continuing on um, in China, that sort of thing. All these things were 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 not we we couldn't handicap these things to to in our favor. We just you know you you just take a you know that's why this is a risk game. You know, you take some risk, and you know if you're wrong, you're wrong. If you're right, you know you 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 take it take it to the next level. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of digesting as you get the data, but trying to assess what it could mean going forward. And then, as you and I have talked about, really looking at the different scenarios and then assessing and reassessing the probability of what can come and then, you know, kind of adjusting our, our thought process as we do that. Um, okay, so there's one other, there are a couple other things we wanted to talk about. Um, you had mentioned this earlier. Uh, we have a slew of Fed heads this week. Yeah, 14 Fed speaker Fed speeches this week, and I think there were a few already today. So several others that are coming out. Uh, uh, we we heard we heard today, I think for the first time from uh, our new uh, Boston Fed president Susan Collins, not the same Susan Collins from Maine Senator. <laughs> um, but she she is very worried about um, about inflation and 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 thinks that the jobs market is going to improve after it gets worse. So that that's kind of the message that they said. Isn't that is, isn't that usually what happens? It improves after it gets worse. Sure, you know, I mean that that's that, wow. You know, that that is some crystal that's some crystal ball. 
you always have to look at the uh, you know the the Fed is always looking at the glass half full. It doesn't matter, um, you know how how uh, how 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 empty the glass is. It's 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 always glass half full for them. But uh, so so with that with that in mind, um, the Atlanta Fed President uh, Bostic he said that uh, he does expect job losses, but there's a really quote good chance to get to two percent inflation without and this is the word that I, I like the most without killing the economy. Now, you know, between killing the economy and good chance, that that sounds like a lot of hedging there. Well, this is this is like what you said last week, Chris, and and you, you said before the Fed statement came out, how many times has the Fed ever forecasted a recession? They never have zero, right? And 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 they're not going to go out and 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 bash the economy so much. I mean, that that's Chairman Powell did enough of that last week, um, and and for 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 all all the members of the Fed combined, so. They're not going to go out and do and 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 say um, vicious things and and try and try and destroy the economy because that seems to be the uh, impetus of anybody on social media who be- believes that the Fed is 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 out to get them and get the economy and demand destruction. All these all these all these terms that I, I I'm hearing for the first time here, Chris. I don't even understand what that means. But in any event, um, you know, they're so, they're, so, they're, they're they're go ahead. So so what happens in the next you know couple of weeks, right? So um, we're going to close the books on September later this week. The following week, uh, we get all the usual, you know, uh, first couple days of the month economic data. And where I'm going with this is if in the next week, 10 days, two weeks, whatever it is, the Atlanta Fed GDP goes negative. Yeah. Now we've had, we got two GDP prints that were negative. If we get one that says, yeah, it's looking like it's negative, um, does the market start to freak out all over again? Uh, you know, I, I would I would say so, because, you know, their their estimate was for a 0.2 for 2022. Now, um, that that means that you've got to print probably about 2% or so in the fourth quarter. That doesn't seem like a lot, but, you know, last uh, in 2021, the um, 20, uh, fourth quarter print was actually pretty strong. So you're, you're going up against some strong numbers uh, right. in the fourth quarter. And then, as you've been saying all along, that um, earnings estimates are way too high. they got to come down. And well, they've, if- start, they've started to, but I think there's more to go. And I, th- I, I think, you know, the next couple, you know, next week, two weeks will be very telling for what we're likely to see. And then don't forget, next couple next couple months are, are, are going to be very telling with with volume and with uh, uh, institutional um, distribution here. What I mean by that is, at some point in time, these fund managers are going to throw in the towel on 2022, right? So if you're down 20, 22 percent, you know, it, and and you're seeing a lot of distribution going on, you're seeing you know lower lower levels. Why do you want to sit there and continue to take a beating into the end of the year if you're down 20, 22 percent? Does it matter if you're if you're down 19% or 18%, you've made a little bit of progress, or if you're down 25%, it really doesn't matter. I mean, this is just a, a year that people just want to get rid of, be right. done with it all together. So, you know, people, these big institutions start throwing in the towel, Chris, they're going to start selling stocks like it's going out of style, and you're going to see even 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 lower print. So I'm not predicting wow. that's just something that's a behavior that we've seen in the past. Agreed, agreed. But that's, you know, that says you want to have the right amount of cash at the right time. Shopping list, as we say, at the ready. Um, With that, you know, we we, in our notes out to members on, again, Monday, September 26th, 
we had shared that there were some characteristics that we're looking for, pretty much the same that we have been, more domestically focused, like I said, defensive, inelastic. But there were some things that we kind of kicked around a little bit too, kind of hinted at uh, some REITs perhaps. And I, I, I know there's a couple names on the bullpen that you're looking at. Um, you know, for me, you know, REITs are predominantly, you know, U.S. great, great dividends because in order to maintain that REIT status, they have to pay at least 90% of their earnings out to shareholders. Um, and there's some nice defensive pockets out there that are non-retail, whether it's, you know, perhaps like a like an OHI or a DOC or something like that. And I, I know there's you, you've been chatting quite a bit to me about some defensive names. There, there's two or three that you kind of like as well. Yeah, so defense names, meaning um, uh, in the defense sector, like General Dynamics, Northrop Grumman, right. those those names, um, you know, are real strong and solid. They 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 uh, uh, have good, they have strong buybacks. They have uh, good solid um, dividends. They've been raising for years and years and years. And uh, th these are names that that are um, that that are going to get some, probably going to get some funds. And of of, of course, if there's uh, some uh, Stirring up of, uh, of what's happening between China and Taiwan, and and, and I think uh, President Biden came out and and reiterated a verbal commitment, saying that if something happens with that, the U.S. is uh, is going to step in and 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 assist, if not you know stand right by Taiwan. Uh, you know, so there's going to be some uh, need for weapons and some planes and that sort of stuff. So money is going to be flowing into this group. So um, I, I, I feel pretty good about that, at least over the long term. Some of these names are, are, have been beaten up quite a bit, but those two right there, probably the best two, best in class. And I, I think we can safely say that they have one of the best customers around. Who's that? Um, well, the defense companies. Oh, the defense. Oh, yes. Yeah, the uh, that's the U.S. government, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember, you know, uh, you know, th there's always that joke, you know, where when that's not really a joke, but when the federal government says that they're, you know, pruning their budgets and stuff, or they're or they're not spending as much, they're usually uh, just slowing the rate of growth in their spending. Still spending, not really cutting spending. You know, taking a look a forward looking, cutting the growth rate in spending. So, you know, exactly, exactly. And then I, I, I know you, you continue to remind me about Clear Secure that we have in the portfolio in the in the bullpen. You know, I, I think we want that to come down to the right level, you know, call it, you know, maybe sub $22, something like that. Um, you know, again, for members, you know, great domestic business um, fits right in with our digital identity investment theme. Uh, the one thing that I really want to understand better from them is how they're going to grow the non-airline business. So I think as, uh, you know, stock price comes down and or we, we hear more about that, we, I think we'll get increasingly bullish. So, so Chris, I had a question for you about that. So, I was having yeah. a discussion with uh, with some people this weekend, and they thought that you know a, a company like Clear would be mm -hmm. ideal for you know the, the that's the retinal um, uh, identification, right? They um, they use biometrics, so they what they'll do is kind of like at the airport, they will look at your eyes, so it's that that's the biometrics for that, and if that doesn't work, they'll use your fingerprints. So, so wouldn't this be ideal for um, identify, identifying who you are as a voter? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. That, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Was 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 there was was there a question in there? Well, I, I mean, I, I I'm thinking, you know, if, if if Congress seems to be having all sorts of problems and issues with with ide voter identification here, um, it seems like this is a natural solution for that. I 
you know, there's a whole other political conversation as to, you know, what they may want or may not want when it comes to voting and allowing voters to vote or the real people to vote. That's a whole other story that we're not going to talk about because, you know, we we like to take issues middle of the road. We're not we're not going to play favorites or talk or, or overly talk, you know, politics here. So nice try, Bob. We're not going to do that. Um <laughs> And then I'm just trying to think. So later in the week, we've got the PCE price index, of course, a big Fed uh, indicator that it watches. I think, um, you know, if it moves in the wrong direction, and then by that I mean higher or more or higher than expected, uh, I think we're going to start to have to revisit what the expectations are for the November and December Fed meetings. We'll be watching the CME Fed Watch tool for that. And then also end of the week, we, we get the latest economic data out of China. I'll be looking to see if, uh, you know, as we start to put those lockdowns in the rearview mirror, are we seeing the snapback that people are expecting? Yeah. And, um, you know, going going back to the Fed for a minute, Chris, uh, as mm-hmm. of last week's meeting, um, they're, they're, the, the next two meetings are November and December, early November and middle December. And the, the projection said uh, 4.4 is the average. So let's call it 4.5. Um, and that to bring us to there, Chris, two more 75 base point rate hikes. And I think that that's probably what has freaked people out for the past four or five days. And they're oh, saying, yeah. oh, wait a minute. Do, do <laughs> yeah. more 75s? We weren't thinking about it. We were thinking maybe a 50 and a 25. So th- this is where trying to handicap what the Fed is doing is really a, a useless and pointless exercise. You got to listen and pay attention to what they're saying and what they're doing. And you think, OK, well, you know what? They could certainly uh, dial it back from there. I don't know. I, I I don't see that that happening yet. I think they're going to press a little bit hard into the end of the year. What do you think? I think they're in order to begin taking their foot off the pace of hikes. I think they're going to need to see the data on a. It's they need to see the data moving their way in a big way, more than one month of it. Right. Because one month could always, you know, there could always be something funky in in one particular month. So they want to see a a clear trend that inflation is really starting to pick up steam falling. And I don't I don't know that we're going to see that to the degree that says, hey, you know, markets now anticipating to your point, you know, 75 and a 50, something like that, 75, 75. It's going to take a lot of movement in the data to get them to dial those expectations back to a 50 and a 25. That's what I think. I agree with that. And, uh, you know, I mean, if they uh, um, if they see some data for for months, I mean, you're going to see negative. We we talked about it last week. Negatively month over month data. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Totally agree. Totally agree. All right, Bob. Any any closing thoughts here? That's it. No, well, I guess we'll uh, we'll 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 hook up again in in our two weeks, and then that's uh, right. No, I was just going to say, members, mark your calendar. You know, uh, next week because it's the start of the month. We have our usual start of the month um, members only uh, call that we'll be doing. So there will be no podcast on October third. The next podcast will be on Monday, October tenth. So mark your calendars. Got a lot to talk about on the members only call. I think it's going to be another good one. I, you know, I, I personally, Bob, like this new format that we have. I think it's a lot more, uh, a lot more conversational. I, I think we're sharing a lot more with members, just like we're doing here on the podcast. And I, and I think, uh, based on the feedback, members are getting more out of the monthly call. Hopefully, we continue to do uh, even more because, you know, at the end of the day, what we want to do bring insight and value to the members. And Chris, March third will be our, uh, uh, or March fifth will be our 
uh, one year, basically one year anniversary of, uh, of, of being. Uh, uh, I think you got to update. I, 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 I don't mean to be a jerk, but I think you got to update your calendar. You mean October 3rd? October, well, October 5th, right? It's going to be our uh, our members members only meeting, right? Yes, yes, yes. But our but we took we we took the reins of AAP the first trading day of October. You, you were just saying you were just saying March. So yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You know, oh, did you, I say March? You, I said October. You did say March. March. Did. I I, yeah. I know you're a big basketball fan. March Madness is always on the mind. But you mean <laughs> October? You mean October? October October 5th will be our. Um, monthly meeting. We'll be talking about our, our whole year, maybe a whole year in a review. That, I, could long, that could be a long one, wouldn't it? Couldn't it? <laughs> but, you know, it's, you know, I have to say it's, uh, I, I think in the, I will, we'll talk more about this later, but I, I, I think that, you know, when we first got in, there were some things that we had to do. And then obviously the challenges we were alluding to earlier kind of emerged. And, you know, we, we've been, uh, you know, carefully architecting the portfolio um, and I expect that we're going to continue to do that. And members can hear more about that next week. That's right. All right, everybody. Thanks, Bob. Talk with you later. Thanks, Chris. See you, everybody.